the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Joined now by United States Senator Tom Cotton from the state of Arkansas. Good morning, Senator. Good morning, Hugh. Good to be on with you. Well, I have been uh, spending some time this morning talking about the fact that 15 months ago, maybe 16 months ago, you were warning that the COVID virus could have originated in a CCP-controlled lab inside of Wuhan. And not only were you dismissed, you were ridiculed. And the accounts of this story that are now coming up have as a primary focus the story, but as a secondary focus, why did the media fail? I'd like you to talk about both of them. Well, Hugh, what I was saying early last year um, is just what any Arkansan with common sense would say. Isn't it a shocking coincidence that a novel coronavirus emerged, not in some remote village next to a colony of bats living in a nearby cave, but in downtown Wuhan, a city larger than New York, with two labs known to research coronaviruses? I mean, what a shocking coincidence. And since then, the evidence has all piled up um, in the direction of those laboratories. As I wrote in the Wall Street Journal last April, um, it obviously didn't come from the food market. That was a cover-up from the very beginning. We knew that they were researching coronaviruses. Our diplomats had gone there in 2018 and reported on shockingly lax safety practices. And even since uh, this controversy last spring, we've had more evidence. You know, look, I presume the Chinese officials have been trying to find the original animal, the original host species from which this originated. It only took them four months to find SARS. It only took nine months to find MERS. No one has been able to point to any host species out in the wild from which this coronavirus would have originated. We've also learned that the shoddy safety practices at those labs was worse than we believed. You know, it is a safety level four lab, the most intense kind of safety practices. But they were doing this research under level two protocols. I mean, Hugh, that's basically what you see when you go to the dentist, you know, a white lab coat and a face shield. Um, And then also, again, common sense. We now know that this virus spreads almost exclusively indoors, not outdoors. Isn't it strange that a virus that spreads only indoors is claimed by the Chinese to have originated outdoors in animals? So it's time for the Chinese Communist Party to come clean and give full access to those labs and their personnel in Wuhan. As for the media bias, which was obvious uh, and silly at the time, now it's being exposed because this evidence is piling up and you have respected science reporters like Nicholas Wade, formerly of the New York Times, who is pointing out just how shoddy the media's reporting was on this last year. Uh, I think there's no question they did that in part because I was the first to raise it. And let's just be fair, a lot of people in the blue media don't care for my politics. They also didn't want to feed into anything that the Trump administration said about China's responsibility here. And of course, you have a bunch of liberals and activists in white lab coats, who I I won't even call public health experts, 
um, who sometimes seem to care more about protecting the reputations of their fellow activists in white lab coats and their fellow scientists around the world than they care about getting to the truth. Now, Senator Cotton, there is a uh, second cover-up underway. The Chinese Communist Party has a cover-up of the origins of the virus in coordination with the WHO. But the cover-up by the media for the media is what alarms me this morning. I read Glenn Kessler, my colleague at the Washington Post, uh, account, allegedly an account of the chronology of the Wuhan story. And it references that you were first to the bell by a lot. But it does not reference the blowback. It just does not in any way detail the number and force with which that story was suppressed. Not unlike the Hunter Biden story. That is a cover-up. And it's a cover-up that serves the continuing credibility of a media that is that is leaking it away in real time. Do you expect that will change? For example, will the Sunday shows invite you? I mean, you're the guy who went to the bell first. Will they invite you to come and discuss what happened? <laughs> you something tells me probably not, because, as you say, the media is covering for itself, as they always do when they make blatant partisan mistakes. It's not unlike these activists and liberals in white lab coats covering for each, uh, for each other. You know, Dr. Anthony Fauci continues to play word games about NIH funding for this research uh, in the Wuhan laboratories. It's in part because he doesn't want to imperil the relationships that United States scientists have built with scientists around the world. Likewise with the media. They'll cover up the mistakes that they made just on a general reporting level, but they want to put down the memory hole, to use Orwell's phrase, their own partisan attacks, their own baseless slanders against people like me and others who said, what well, would just common sense? This virus emerged a few blocks from labs that is researching exactly these kind of viruses. Maybe we should at least ask the questions about what happened there. And the uh, our conversation on February 18th of last year, we talked about the number of places you've been ridiculed. And I'm being very self-serving. If there was a Pulitzer awarded for continuous, uh, aggressive warning reporting that was eventually proven true about this virus, I would win it. And Byron York would come in second. But the media did not want to hear it. I mean, they just did not want to hear it. I think it had more to do with you than it did the theory, because the theory was always imminently reasonable, not dispositive, right? You can't have dispositive proof about that, which you cannot test. But that they locked us out of the lab was, to me, one of those dogs that barked that you have to just look at. Yeah, Hugh, that's right. I mean, the, the media was attacking me from the very beginning, not because they disagreed with the questions I was asking, not because they thought there was conclusive proof that the virus originated in some food market in downtown Wuhan, but because they don't like my politics, because the media is overwhelmingly liberal, just like the Democratic politicians and the Democratic activists with whom they all went to college and sat in campus seminar rooms talking about social justice. Um, and as long as someone like me was the one who was asking these very reasonable questions, they were going into overdrive to attack me. Look, I don't care if the media attacks me. They can do that all day long. I'll punch back twice as hard, especially when the lives and the livelihoods of millions of Americans are at stake, as they were last February, when we were trying to figure out exactly where this virus originated and therefore hopefully get some insight and in how to stop it. Now it's a matter of finding out so there can be accountability. Just think if it's conclusively established, Hugh, that the Chinese Communist Party was responsible through its negligence in these labs and then its malevolence in the cover-up for unleashing a once-in-a-century pandemic on the world.
Now, Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci on this show have said the United States did not fund gain-of-function research. The reason I bring this up is be during the debates in the fall campaign, then-candidate, now-President Biden said what he would do is force China to allow American scientists in, and in, he would force them. I remember this so clearly, because there was no follow-up, of course. How are you going to do that, President, Vice President Biden? Do you think he's done anything even to force the clarity that we need on gain-of-function research? And, and I know they both denied it. I would just like to see them ask. I think Dr. Fauci is on the Hill today to define gain-of-function. And, I mean, you know how to do this. You're a lawyer. You can't just let people under oath just say, no, we didn't do that. Yeah, uh, Hugh, the Biden administration has not done anything, to my knowledge, to hold China accountable with this. But, look, I, I just have to say this about Francis Collins and Tony Fauci. They are playing word games to deny uh, what happened and to avoid accountability for what could be a huge scandal. Let me just lay out the facts for your audience. There is no question, it's a matter of public record, that Dr. Fauci's agency inside the National Institutes of Health gave hundreds of thousands of dollars in grant money to an American organization, which then turned around and funneled that money to these labs in Wuhan. Second, there is no doubt, it's in the public record, the so-called bat lady uh, in these labs who researched bat uh, coronaviruses even thanked Dr. Fauci's agency publicly on the record for the research they were doing into coronaviruses to make them more contagious and therefore more dangerous. What could be a gain function other than making a virus more contagious? But here's the real kicker, Hugh. The Obama White House prohibited grants for that kind of research in 2014. This money did not begin to flow until after 2014. So there is a real question whether Francis Collins and Tony Fauci explicitly disregarded the direction of the Obama White House and gave hundreds of thousands of taxpayer dollars to Chinese scientists to conduct deadly, dangerous research. Tony Fauci needs to answer those questions and not simply continue to deny it and play word games with the American people. He better give answers in two hours when he's on Capitol Hill. He has denied it uh, on this show and other places, but it'll be under oath today. And Dr. Fauci has changed a bit in his answers on this. So I will be watching to see again if they change. And Josh Rogan has told me how they have changed. Let me close by asking you this, uh, Senator Cotton, in terms of going forward, we will never get any knowledge out of China uh, about what happened here. They will not allow us. Is there any reason for us to stay in the WHO given their collaboration in cover up one? No, Hugh, we made the right decision last year to leave the World Health Organization. The Biden administration made a politically correct decision to re-enter the World Health Organization, which to this day is still covering up for Chinese communists. They sent a team of so-called experts to Wuhan that involved like food safety experts that are testing the temperature of donuts in Europe to investigate this. They didn't even get to speak to the people involved in the research. They certainly didn't get to review any, any records. They, in effect, sat in a conference room in these laboratories, got a PowerPoint briefing from Chinese communist apparatchiks, and then said, all clear, nothing to see here. So we should not be a part of the World Health Organization's whitewash of what happened in China. We should lead the free world in getting to the bottom of what happened and making sure that Chinese communists can never poison mankind again. So my my switch of subjects very quickly, you are going to begin hearings on judicial nominees for circuit courts. And the Dobbs case is now before the Supreme Court that puts into question Roe and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. How will you 
explore the stare decisis aspects of Dobbs with these nominees? Do you intend to do so? And ought they to answer those questions? Because they're not Ruth Bader Ginsburg. They're not the Ginsburg rule question. Questions about stare decisis, which we've watched for years and years, Democrats ask of Republican nominees. Well, Hugh, it's, uh, it's a little difficult to explore the Supreme Court's abortion case law uh, in these hearings because the abortion case law is all over the map. As Justice Scalia once said, the Supreme Court has basically created its own entire area of jurisprudence when it comes to abortion geared towards one thing, to make sure that there are millions of babies who are aborted in this country. That's why I welcome the Supreme Court's decision to uh, hear the Dobbs case, and I hope that they will bring clarity to this area of law, and I hope that they will lay down a clear marker that we protect unborn life in this country. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.